frisch. Welcome back to Swish, the podcast where we talk about basketball and back basketball news. Sitting here with Creed. How you doing, man? Good, Rye. How are you doing, man? Good. We only got a little bit of time tonight, but still wanted to kind of get something recorded. So, uh, basically, some stuff going on in the league and whatnot, and we'll get to that. But you and I were talking a little bit before the podcast, just kind of how you are as the coach when you're coaching basketball like we mentioned before and i think it's the first podcast we did Mm -hmm. uh you took over a coaching position over at syracuse high school and kind of just like what can you tell me about like life as a basketball coach versus a basketball player like we mentioned before you played the college level for a little bit and now you're coaching at the high school level like kind of tell me what it's like from the coaching aspect versus the player aspect it's crazy i see i see everything that my coach would get mad at me for now mm-hmm. you know you just see the game so much so much easier it just it's dissected so much more when when you're the coach you know when you're on the floor you're more so worried about what's going on there's a lot of adrenaline um there's a lot of things to pay attention to basketball as a whole is a uh think all the time you're thinking all the time so from a player aspect you're not really seeing what the coach is seeing in a sense so i feel like i am i see the game so much more and and understand the game so much more now that i'm a coach Mm -hmm. um i wish that i could have seen it as a player the way i see it now and uh it's a it's a it's just it's a huge difference i've noticed that um little things are the most important that's um the boxing out the communication um moving without the ball i don't i think a lot of i think a lot of players don't understand that a lot of the game is played without the ball yep played without the ball and so you got to set off ball screens there's got to be there's a lot that happens without the ball so that was another thing that uh that is a little different there is that I didn't really realize that as a player. So what are some things that you see in like good basketball teams that like, what are some of the more consistent things that good basketball teams always do? Good basketball teams are always talking. They're always talking. There's always in sync. Mm -hmm. Um, There's never really one guy that's just off that just um, a cancer in a sense. Yeah. Um, I feel like usually those teams that, you know, everyone's on board, but one guy isn't, it's just not going to work out. Um, so for, you know, for for me, um, yeah, everyone's everyone's on board. Everyone's in sync. Everyone is talking. Everyone is boxing out. Everyone is um, moving the ball. And that's, a, that's another huge thing that that's big in basketball, period. I think that a lot of these kids watch these NBA stars and want to mimic these NBA stars, mm-hmm. but don't understand that these guys are at a whole nother level to where they can do that. James Harden, he can dribble a hundred times in one spot because he's trying to break down his defender. Eventually, he's going to score after he's done dribbling. Yeah, you know these guys don't understand that. Hey, you can't dribble a million times. You got to have a decision because 
you're not you're not good enough to do that they don't they don't see that 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 separation and and they don't understand that there's levels to this you so, know so is it guys like james harden and steph curry and kyrie irving is that who it seems like high school players are really trying to mimic their game after 100 percent, right dude it's a lot yeah it's just a lot of iso one-on-one um they don't understand uh that you got to move the ball to get open mm-hmm. um they think that if they all just stand in one spot it's eventually going to come to them but if you watch steph curry He's running all around off screens, bump, you know, coming off guys' shoulders to get open. You know, they don't. It's all ISO, man. It's mm-hmm. it's 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 very hard to watch. It's it's veered away from the team aspect completely, almost. And yeah. it's like every kid wants to be James Harden, Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving. Yeah, yeah. Because I was at a basketball game, high school game, just last winter, and that's what it seemed. I think after the tip off, like the first like probably i want to say 15 shots both sides going both ways were all three pointers it's just they dribble up past three court lines set a high screen you know try to pop it from three or yeah it just seemed like that's kind of like what the game is and you know obviously people want to mimic good players but i don't think they like you said realize just how much movement especially like steph curry is doing without the ball in his hand before he finally gets his open shot and whatnot so for sure yeah um What's the one thing as a coach like you just cannot stand like when your players or team is doing like what's the one thing that just drives you up the wall? I'm, I would say that my players call me like Coach Box Out. Mm-hmm. Box boxing out is the biggest like if you're not boxing out that shit sends me, bro. Mm-hmm. It really does because I I was an undersized big in high school like you're not really playing against a lot of huge guys yeah and i'm not i'm not small by any means but i am 6'2 and and in high school i wasn't short but i wasn't i also wasn't tall i remember playing against skyview they they had d1 athletes their mm-hmm. bigs were from well from from their point guard to their center they were 6'5 and up so right. it was like wow you know i'm here i am playing the four at 6'2 i had to learn to box out um, yeah, well, and typically it seems like in high school basketball, especially in Utah, there's not like a huge pool of like overly sized players, not a whole big pool of D1 type caliber bodies. Right. So typically you it's not too uncommon to see the center in high school in Utah playing, you know, at 6'5", 6'6". Right. So. For sure. it's a lot. There's a lot of undersized teams in that aspect. Um, so, yeah, but I had to learn to box out. And if I didn't box out, I wasn't getting my money. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so. I think that's what drives me too. Is I see a lot of these guys, they just ball watch. So shot goes up. It's just kind of like turn around and just watch where it goes, instead of like boxing your man out, clearing him out because you can. It's legal. Use your ass. Use your legs. Drive him back so you have all this space. All that space in front of you under the basket is now yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, those extra possessions are huge. Like that's always a statistic that you see at the end of a basketball game is it usually whoever wins the battle on the boards is usually the team that wins the game. Right. And it's like junk buckets. That's what my dad always used to call it. He was a pretty good high school basketball player, and I think he played probably the three or four, but he said the same thing. He was undersized, but, you know, he'd get the rebounds and put, you know, offensive rebounds and put up those junk buckets. You know, those add up. If you can get a guy that can go get a bunch of, you know, offensive boards, put up second-chance buckets, those go a long way. It's demoralizing for the other team, and, you know, could be the difference in a tight one for sure and i and another thing that really kind of bothers me is roles mm-hmm. K- kids don't understand roles every kid thinks that he's a scorer mm-hmm. and uh with that being said like i was saying when i was younger you know when i played in high school i was a i was a big and that's where they needed me you know what i mean 
I was the dude boxing out, putting dudes down. Like that was my, that was where they needed me. I can score the ball all day. Yeah. I can score the ball all day. That's what I do. That's what I would label myself as as a scorer all around the floor. I can score, but that's not where they needed me. We had scores. They needed me on the block. Draymond Green, you're gonna. You, we're not running any plays for you because you're mm-hmm. not one of our scores. But even though you can score the ball, we need you to do all the little things. Right. The box out, the dive on the floor, the run from block to block. Uh, yeah, do all this shit that nobody likes but is the most important. Yeah, and it well, is. And you mentioned Draymond Green. I think he's the perfect example of a guy just doing those extra things that really make the difference in the team. The Golden State Warriors are not the Golden State Warriors without right. guys like Draymond Green. You know, Milwaukee Bucks isn't Milwaukee Bucks with out a P.J. Tucker type player. The right. Suns aren't the Suns without a Jay Crowder type player. Facts. Every team just needs that dog that will just put in the extra effort, go do the little things, and those are the things that ultimately can make the difference in a game. So Right, exactly. And, yeah, and getting kids to understand that at this age and how the game is today, everyone wants to shoot a three. Mm-hmm. Uh, shooting is the coolest thing. However far you can shoot it from, you're the coolest. It's, right. That's not basketball, man. Learn to move the ball. Learn to score without, or learn to play without the ball. Learn all the little things that that basketball is, mm-hmm. because it's not just scoring the basketball. I promise. So let's say you got a high school point guard. Who do you tell him to go watch to mold his game after? Mm. And why was Steve Nash not the first person you mm. said immediately? I know. I'm thinking current. Um, Steve Nash, though. Yeah, you're right. I mean, mm-hmm. 100% Steve Nash. That's why he's my favorite player, because he facilitates. He knows how to play true basketball. He's he's looking for the best possible shot and the best possible outcome. So, yeah, Steve Nash, 100%. If current, I would say Chris Paul. Like, yeah. I'm trying to think of everybody else but Chris Paul so that well, you don't get upset with And me. it's kind of tough at the point guard position right now, because there's not really a real true traditional point guard in the league anymore. There's a lot of right. scoring point guards, score first point guards. So I feel like that typical role of pass first facilitating point guard doesn't really exist anymore today's in the NBA. For in sure. today's NBA, like, you know, Chris Paul's the last of a dying breed in that kind of sense. But right. what about like a big man center type? You got a young high school kid that plays the center. Who are you telling him to watch in today's NBA? Jokic. Mm-hmm. Jokic all day. Like you want to shoot threes. You want to do all that. You want to you want to be a big guy that's a guard. Uh, fine. I'll, uh, and that's the thing is I'll, I'm adjusting to my players. That was the thing. When I was in high school, our coach didn't adjust to us. Mm-hmm. It was, he was in the military. So it was like, this is everything structured and this is how it is. You know what I right. mean? For me, I'm adjusting to my players. Okay. I see where you're, I, I'm never going to tell you not to shoot the ball mm-hmm. unless it's a bad shot. You know, if you're wide open, shoot that thing, you know, cause my coach was telling me otherwise, even though I could shoot. Right. So I'll I'll never I'll never take that away I'll never take a big man you know coming out and shooting the ball or bringing the ball down, mm-hmm. but uh, I feel like that is what today's game is becoming. So, uh, so I encourage it almost you know if you can dribble the ball and and uh, and whatnot and you're a big guy you watch Jokic I mean he's not a ba- he's not a bad guy if you can't to watch if you can't dribble the ball like mm-hmm. he's a great just. I would even tell I would even tell guards to watch him. I would tell anybody to watch him, right? Because he he, he is bad, dude. He right. is the true definition of basketball. Yeah. And my wife told me like, you need to stop with this podcast. You need to stop like saying everybody's your favorite player. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. there's going to be some controversy there. Like, people are going to be like, all right, this dude's a phony. Yeah. And I, by that, I mean I really like this guy. Yeah. You not like his that, game. Not that he's the best in the league. So when I say when I say that Nikola Jokic. Is one of my favorite players. He's a he's, he's one, one of he's one of, one of them. I've got yeah. I've got a lot, 
But in my opinion, like Jokic is the true definition of how basketball should truly be played. Okay. And yeah. So, all right. Last question on coaching for now. This is something I'd like to get back to in a future podcast, but since we're kind of short on time today, uh, the whole debate can good basketball players make good coaches? Like, you see a lot of guys that were good players in the NBA and then they retire, and there's always this conversation they should coach now. Just because they were a good player in the NBA, does that mean that they can be a good coach? No, not at all. I think coaching, I think coaching has a lot to do with, uh, everything besides basketball honestly like it really does coming down to it like if you don't have a good home life you're not going to come out and perform well for mm-hmm. me you're not um if you don't have confidence if i'm not giving you confidence and telling you hey i trust you you know some kids even need to hear i love you really yeah like to know that they've got somebody because it is at the end of the day i do this because it's bigger than basketball yeah i love basketball basketball brought me here but at the end of the day i feel like coaching and this is all uh, from my aspect and how I was coached. But if I would have had confidence, I would have performed better. Mm-hmm. If I would have had someone that I could go to and talk about my problems, I would have felt more comfortable on the court. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I, I try to strive after that for sure. Okay, cool. Uh, so something I want to get into, uh, official NBA buzz on Instagram. Shout out to Mikey Domagala and the guys over there shared something on instagram today it was all the let's see all the 200 million dollar contracts in nba history there's only seven guys who have ever signed a 200 million dollar contract russell westbrook luka Doncic, james harden rudy gobert Giannis antetokounmpo steph curry trey young all on 200 million dollar contracts five-year contracts so basically i just like want to look at each one of these guys and Tell me first impression on who they are as a player and then impression on the contracts that they're on. So um, we'll start with more of the probably the most controversial out of it. Rudy Gobert, $200 million contract. Not exactly sure what the specifics are on it, but he's on a five-year, $200 million contract. First impression on Rudy and on that contract. With, with contracts, uh, period, it's always about obviously what that one player is bringing to the team mm-hmm. um that's that's what the contract is based off of how they perform how, what they bring to the team um so for rudy you know sometimes it's hard to watch him offensively he can't catch the ball sometimes stuff like that you know and he, a lot of people judge offensively and only offensively mm-hmm. like he he he's a he's a defensive guy he without the jet with with the, the jazz without him have zero defense exactly um so with that that's very valuable he's a very valuable guy would he get that somewhere else probably not probably not but with the jazz who need that it it works and this is how i always defended rudy gobert's contract specifically is in a market like utah where it's hard enough to attract superstar caliber players let alone just an all-star like typically you see it all the time with the Jazz. They always are end up losing their all-star to free agency because nobody wants to play in Utah for whatever reason. Yeah. So when you got a guy that has, you know, finally becomes an all-star and puts up the kind of defensive stats that Rudy Gobert does, you got to pay him. Right. Like, who else are you going to get? You think you're going to go out and get, you know, like a LeBron in free agency or a KD or somebody like that in free agency? You know, you got to keep the guys that you got that are good, that you developed. And keep them and stick around. And like you said, without Rudy's defense, the Jazz 
isn't the defensive team they are, which, by the way, is always one of the best defensive teams in the league. Right. Where does that start? Rudy's the focal point of one of the best defenses in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So, to me, I think he's worth the money. You know, people argue that he's taking up way too much money and there's not enough to go around for some other free agents that might be coming in. But I think for now is the best move the Jazz could have made. So. All right. Uh, probably the next controversial, uh, Russell Westbrook. Man, MVP, yeah, triple double averaging for two years, three years in a row. Yeah, definitely. When did when did he sign? What? Did, when um, was this? I think it's his Laker contract. I want to say, or it might be one of his OKC ones. I'm not entirely sure, but I say yeah. I mean, I feel like Westbrook's his own his own breed, and he kind of like, yeah, dude, like, like one of a kind player, one of a kind player, like can bring a lot to a team like he did like he like i kevin durant without him wouldn't have been they wouldn't have been okc it's just facts like russell westbrook was dangerous he still is i guess i guess the stats are showing that he's still with the shits but when he was an mvp dude that dude was scary scary as hell so yeah I mean, yeah, he's the spark plug for sure for a lot of teams. You know, sure. there's a lot of debate: is he a true team player? Because if he's putting up these kind of stats, like it's kind of hard. You see the efficiency on the stats he's putting up, but why doesn't he have winning teams? Why doesn't you know right. when he's in OKC? Why weren't they winning after KD? Um, you know, why didn't that Washington Wizards team do more? I don't know. We'll see what he does in LA, but we'll keep it moving for now. He got the MVP right when KD left, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah dog. Pay that man. Pay that man. Pay yeah. him. Pay him. All right, probably the next controversial in this. Uh, Trey Young, two hundred million. Yeah, you pay him. Yeah, especially like you said at last podcast, like you don't like, you wouldn't really know how he would fit in when he was drafted in the Jim era, mm-hmm. just because Jimmer didn't pan out. But like Jimmer might be okay now. He might be able to come in and and adjust a little bit more. I feel like this is Trey Young's game, like type of game. Like, so I think that. The stars align for him. He's gonna. He's playing his basketball, so so he's gonna succeed. Um, yeah. I think that he is he is the Hawks. Yeah, know? he is yeah. the Hawks. So yeah, pay the man. Uh, James Harden. I think he did a two hundred million dollar contract with the Rockets. Oh yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. I think he was the first one to actually sign that size of a contract. I think I might be wrong. I know. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, Maybe it was Steph. One of them. Just, yeah, it was just recently somebody signed the first $200 million, like within the last three or four years. I think at the time, even now, he's still James Harden. Uh, he's arguably the best scorer in the league. Mm-hmm. Like, he really is. Like, you got KD in the league still. I, I say he's the best scorer of all time. I'll hold by that forever. You can be mad at me for that one. But James Harden, like, right now in this league, like, he scores I mean he scores at will bro he really does and he gets the line at will like he has almost changed he's almost manipulated the game too like into getting foul calls he's kind of the reason why we're over we're over here it's uh it's kind of like we're watching flop you know every player 
it really has turned into like an acting class. Right. And I think it was really because of him this rule change in the NBA where the shooter can't jump into the defender at right. the three point shot or I guess really anywhere on the floor. I think that really got started because of him. Stick a leg out, shooting three, defender runs into him. Now he's got three shots on the line at ninety five percent free throw shooter, so Right. But if I were the Rockets, yeah, I'm paying I'm paying him. Especially, yeah, especially when, at the yeah, time. Yeah, for right, sure. Okay. Uh Luka Doncic. I, bro, I I was surprised. What what was it over five? Yeah, five years I think. Um, I felt like he should have got more, dude. Yeah, I feel like Luca could have been a three hundred million dollar yeah, player, facts, bro. Like I feel like he Loki got snubbed. Just a like little bit. when when I saw that when I saw that come out for that price, I was like, hold on, this is his league. Like it's really like there's yeah. no one like Doncic, no one. And it just seemed light for me. It just really seemed light. It was like, oh, like, I, I instantly, when I saw that, I instantly thought of Doncic, and I thought, were you okay with this? Are you okay right now? I think Mark Cuban would have paid him more, but that's kind of when you start getting into, like, how much the Supermaxes can be. And the Supermaxes are really specific. Like, I think you have to have a certain amount of all-star appearances, mm-hmm. and you have to have, like, a certain amount of games that you played over a certain amount of time. Like, I think to get that Supermax, you really got to be, like, a one-of-a-kind guy. Right. Which... You know, all these guys are all stars. They all fit the bill. But Luca, I think, if there was no such thing as like a, a salary cap, like if it was like baseball, I don't know if I know baseball has no salary cap. I don't know if they have like a contract max that you can put somebody on. But I think Mark Cuban very easily would have paid three hundred million to Luca over six, seven years if he could have. I yeah. just don't know if the NBA allows contracts that sizable. Hmm. But. Yeah, I'd pay him too. And I'm I'm not a Luca fan. I know that we've really been riding Luca right. this like I, whole podcast that we've been doing it that he's the next guy, but I just think it is. I think it's just right. kind of the and era we're in. He does it all. I want to make that clear too. I feel like yeah, I've been talking about him a lot. I don't even know if I like him, dude. Mm-hmm. I really don't know like obviously I can't stop talking about his his game, but him as a dude like going you, into his like fourth or fifth year right. already. I I don't even know like yeah, I don't even know if I like him. He kind of seems like a little punk ass. Mm-hmm. Like he really does like his little facial expressions, his little smirks, like he kind of gets under my skin at times too. Like obviously I'm a Suns fan, I'm not a Mavs fan. So, but like you can't knock what he's doing. Um, but yeah, I don't even know if I like Doncic. So uh, as a person, mm-hmm. so uh, let's make that clear that yeah, not, not we're not over here riding, <laughs> not Mavs fans by any means. All right, two more. We'll get them quickly. Uh, Giannis then Steph Curry. Uh, yeah, but both of them back to back MVPs, both yeah. of them NBA champions. Yeah, but yeah, they're both worth two. They're both worth two. And it's I was I would say, of course Curry is. Yeah, of course Curry is best shooter ever. Of course he is. But like, it would be more more of an argument if if the Bucks didn't win this year. Hmm. If the Bucks didn't win this year, I would say Giannis isn't worth that. But they won this year. Yeah, you know what I mean. He is back to back MVP. Like, maybe he is defensive player of the year, right, defensive NBA play- champion. Yeah, maybe I need to just most improved player. Right. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I just need to relax and just just accept relax. him for yeah. who he is. Yeah, man, this is that guy. Right. I think it's just because he's he's not he doesn't have flashy game. He's just you know like a shack. He just powers in. And- right. He has no bag, and I think that is partly why like. I don't like a guy that dribbles a million times anyway, mm-hmm. but I feel like every move is the same. He's either he's either dribbling a tough dribble, power dribble, one hand power dribble, spinning, 
trying to get a layup, or he's doing like a like a like a he, like a hesitation to the to get to the right side of the rim. Like it's never like he doesn't have a crossover. Uh-huh. He doesn't have a step back because he can't shoot. He doesn't have like it's really just I'm gonna run through you and hopefully I get there. Well, he's got that move too where he puts the ball like way above his head yep. and everything. That's like what eight nine feet in the air. Right. Nobody's touching that ball on the way in. You know. Yep. Yeah, I think both of them well with the contracts, and I think both organizations, GMs, did well by getting them the money they deserved. Uh, last one, real quick: Kawhi just signed, re-signed with the Clippers today, four-year, hundred seventy-six million dollars with LA. Is that fair? Light. You think? Light. You think he could have gone for a two hundred mil? Light. Yes, absolutely. Because it's Kawhi, man. Like, and maybe it's just. My own personal opinion, I love the fact that he's just silent killer, bro. I love that he he doesn't yap. He doesn't – I love that. But, like, yeah, he's in both conferences, champion. Mm-hmm. Three different teams, correct? Champion. Yeah. Like, of course, pay the man. How, how do you not? Yeah, I think he could have gone for over $200 million on a five-year contract if he would have uh, all that load management. Right. He didn't participate in that there as much. Go, yeah. But, I mean – 176 that's close to 200 and he's on a four year it's not that's even a five true. year like these that other guys true, so right? he got paid for sure but I'd probably do the same if I was LA I think he's kind of you know there's Paul George still but I still think Kawhi's the guy that LA team he's the franchise right. player for sure so you gotta pay your franchise guy especially like you said two three four time champion both conferences right yeah I think LA is still a team to be reckoned with even coming this upcoming season in the west so I agree the rest the west is gonna be tough man yeah I'm looking forward to it man Me it's too. always a battle out west wild wild west but, always alright man we should probably wrap this one up uh, got anything to say before we close out thank you guys for tuning in uh, it's been fun doing this mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah we've been trying to come fun. with it every couple weeks or a couple times a week so we'll continue to do that um, pay attention to our Instagram at the Swish Podcast for more updates on new episodes. And until then, we'll catch y'all next time.